Do you want to feel strong, confident, and ready to enjoy life? I'm Jen Shaver, a triple certified fitness expert and mother living her best midlife. I want to help you achieve a healthy, active lifestyle without ever having to go to the gym. We grow together every Monday, so be sure to subscribe and tune in to your weekly fit news. This episode of Fit News is sponsored by... Make wellness a priority in your life. Women's bodies face changes and fluctuations in hormones as they go through the cycle of menopause. Strong for Life offers an exercise program to help you invest in your future and health without crazy routines. We deliver the results you deserve from your time and effort. Go to strongforlifefitness.com to learn more. Now back to our show. Hello and welcome to the Fit News Podcast. I am your host, Jen Shaver, and joining me today is Erin Tennant. Erin is the owner of Grow Well, and she is a certified health and wellness coach. She consults and coaches corporate, small business, and individual clients to create health and wellness programs and plans. She works with her clients to create sustainable behavior changes and habits to support their vision and goals. Erin is passionate about supporting, guiding, and collaborating with her clients to facilitate change when change is hard. Her mission is to help organizations and individuals grow well and live better. Erin, thank you so much for joining us today on the Fit News Podcast. I look forward to chatting with you today. Thanks, Jen. I'm so excited to be on. I know even in our initial conversation, we had to like cut it off because we're like, <laughs> we're going to talk about all the good stuff and we got to save it for the listeners. So yeah. I'm excited to have this conversation, whatever yes. it may be with you. Yes. We always have good conversations. Yes. Well, I know you have a lot to share because um, you yeah. yourself have quite a story. And I mm-hmm. know that when you started, you were overwhelmed and you didn't know where to start. So maybe we should start there. Yeah. To give you a little backstory, um, rewind. My whole life, I grew up identifying as someone overweight. As early as I can remember, maybe 9, 10, um, as a child, I was put on diet. And a weight was a concern of my parents and became a concern of mine. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I spent the majority of my adult life trying to fix my weight, trying to fix me. Mm -hmm. And I was told the way to do this was dieting and restrictive eating and Mm -hmm. exercising and all the things. And specifically, restrictive eating and dieting did not work for me, especially long term. It always set me up to fail. And even if I lost weight, I always gained. So that was something that I struggled with for a long time. And in other aspects, and surprisingly, for me, I still had a high, I was still thriving, even though I struggled with my weight, had relationships with people, coworkers, friends, families, great relationships with, you know, men and dating and my husband, it never really hindered me completely. Right. I was able to get an education, get jobs, do all the things, have a social life, make money, However, it did not feel right. Something felt wrong. I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential. And I was like, living an authentic life. I knew something was missing. 
Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't the version of myself I could be and wanted to be. Right. And I knew it had something to do with my weight. And listen, I'm not here saying bigger bodies are a problem. Bigger bodies are wrong. We know bodies all look different, different shapes, shapes, sizes, lengths, width. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the fact that if you're in a bigger body, you must be suffering. Because I have a lot of people in my life who are in bigger bodies, including me, that are very happy right. and healthy and right. feel well. So it's not, I don't want anyone to walk away from this. If you are in a bigger body or you are diagnosed as overweight, like, oh, I, I, there's a, I have to fix something. Or if I know somebody, then they have a problem. Right. So this was just my experience and I'm only speaking on my personal experience. So mm-hmm. I struggled with that for a very, very long time. And finally, I just had this moment of, you know, I really want to lose this weight. I really want to change my relationship with food, yeah, my body and myself. And it's not about looking a certain way. It's about being and feeling a certain way. One that feels good to me. Right, right. And I think I think you just, um, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head right there when you said feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because one of every day when I you wake up all- in the morning, you want to feel good, right? You want to go throughout yeah. your day feeling good. It's not about, the, you know, the size on, on your on your jeans. But yeah, if you're not feeling good in your body. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's one of the questions I had to ask myself. And I asked a lot of my clients is, what are you making the weight mean? Yeah. And it's, it, that's one of my favorite questions to ask people. Like, what are you making that number on the scale mean mm-hmm. about yourself? And what are you making it mean when you do lose the weight? Like, what are you trying to experience? Who are you trying to be? What are you trying to feel? And then you get a bigger picture mm-hmm. of what is actually helping. We're talking mm-hmm. about self-worth, self-esteem. We're talking about values, integrity. We're talking about self-image and concepts. There's just a lot of things that come up and you're like, oh, this is how, this is what's happening. I've right. got a bigger, fuller picture. Let's talk about it. Right. Let me present you with this picture and let's talk about what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I had to do that process, a similar process for myself, be my own client, ask myself, what do I want to do? And I realized that being overweight for me felt like I wasn't living in my full potential, that I was making decisions and exhibiting behavior that did not make me feel good long. Yeah. And so I had to change my decisions and I had to change my behaviors. And that really stemmed from how I felt and my thinking, my perspective, my mindset. And so I had to really take a look at all of it because that really encompassed the full picture, yeah. the holistic approach of working on a solution to lose weight and feel better, to grow well, to live better, all the things. And so through some of that self-coaching, I came up with this idea that I wanted to lose weight sustainably without dieting, without restrictive eating. I was looking at my husband and people in my life who were not on Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers <laughs> or who were not measuring food or who were not tracking calories. And they somehow yeah. managed to eat an abundance of different foods 
And there was very little stress or overwhelm and anxiety or shame around it. It wasn't, there was like very little emotional attachment where yeah. there was, it never really worked against them. Uh-huh. Right. Right. So I got very curious about how I could create that for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That relationship with food is, is so important. And, you know, how we see food, you know, do we have this list of quote unquote bad foods, right? That are um, off limits or, you know, whatever that might be. Right. And so I tried to reframe a lot of my, Mm -hmm. I had to get clear on what my current thinking was and feelings about food. And I had a lot of that diet mentality, good food, bad food. Right. Um, The less you eat, the more weight you lose. Uh Um, The, you know, not allowing yourself to emotionally eat. Like I only thought that thin people or people of a healthy weight only ate when they were hungry. And that's not true. Right. That was a myth I had to debunk that people with all different body types and numbers on the scale, they eat sometimes when they're not physically hungry. And right. that's okay. That's not, that right. doesn't have to be a problem if you don't want it to be. Right. I had to really question my current thinking and feeling about my relationship with food, how I felt about it, how I interacted with it, what I thought about it, and say, how is this working for me? And how can I maybe switch or how can I modify it or revisit it so it can work? For me, meaning I could lose weight, I could have energy to move my body more, right. I could get stronger in the gym, I could get leaner, I could get faster, um, I could just have more energy and feel good. But also there's a side of me that loves food because I'm a foodie. Yeah. Foodie is a big part of my life, right. my heritage, how I grew up. It's a lot of social gatherings happening well, that's just around it. food. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so, so much of our lives revolve around in social situations, whether that's family dinner or after work parties or parties at work or whatever it might be, revolve around food. So we have to find this, find a way to manage being around food, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the decisions we make around food. Right. And so I had to really think about the things I was doing well. Yeah. You know, I loved healthy foods consider and healthy I mean like foods that and this is my definition. Yeah. And I and I invite everyone to explore and come up with their own definition of healthy. So for me it means balance. It means mm-hmm. color. It means whole foods. It means yeah. you know, eating an abundance of less processed foods. Yeah. Um it, it means eating a balance of macronutrients. I'm getting healthy fat, I'm getting fiber, I'm getting protein. I'm getting carbohydrates, yes. complex carbs. I'm getting a yes. lot of different things in on one plate. I'm also eating consistent. Mm-hmm. I'm not starving myself all day. So come work time, I am ravished and famished, and I'm just in a binge cycle because I can't yeah. even think, and all I need to do is eat. So I mm-hmm. just don't even care what I'm eating. Right. You know. So it had to be. I had to realize. Okay, you have to be intentional, mm-hmm. or I want to be more intentional thoughtful and compassionate with myself and my relationship. And so I started doing that. And I came up with five guidelines or directors, direction markers, something that could lead me to make consistent decisions, daily decisions. So I decided very early on that I've always wanted to be in I've always wanted to be strong and fit. And I was always just 
in awe of people who could do incredible things with their body. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's incredible. So I got very inspired and I was like, well, how do athletes eat? Well, they eat, they eat regularly. Yeah. Right. Very, very few times you hear an athlete say, well, I skip breakfast and lunch. <laughs> no, they need fuel. So they are eating. Do some athletes intermittent fast? Yes, but they do it in such a way where they're eating abundance. They're very strict on our food and that works for them. I didn't want that so much. So I just focused on the consistency. I was going to eat consistently every two to four hours Mm -hmm. and make sure I fueled my body and my brain to function at the highest level. Right. Then I got the framework down. Then I figured out, okay, what was I going to fill that with? And I wanted to focus. I didn't, you know, I was taught by dieting to focus on what not to eat. So I wanted to reframe the thinking of focus on what to eat. Mm-hmm. So when I was eating two, every two to four hours, I wanted to make sure that on my plate, I had a, at a bare minimum, a protein and a fiber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also love carbs. So I didn't have to worry about eating carbs. So there was always a carb in some way, somehow. So yeah. I never had to worry about that. But I did see a deficiency in eating protein. Yeah. Well, like most women, most fiber. women like, are. Yeah deficient in their protein intake and that's just the way it is you know and you know obviously especially as we age that's a concern yeah and so I had to learn how to implement eating consistently and more protein and fiber yeah um something else I worked on for me coming up with this kind of rule this value this and 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 it's kind of like the values I create in my relationship with the five so tenants, if you will. Yes, the five tenants. Thank you. Um, Aaron, tenants, five that. tenants. Aaron, tenants, five tenants. I'm going to steal that. It, it's um, all yours. Pillars. You yeah, own it. Pillars, tenants, foundation, whatever. <laughs> the way I was going to operate in my relationship with food. So we're talking about how often I was going to eat, what I was going to eat. Then a big thing for me, which I realized is I had this emotional attachment. To food. Mm-hmm. And I never registered myself as an emotional eater because my yeah. head always told me, you don't sit on the couch crying, eating little Debbie's watching Hallmark movies. So that you're not an emotional eater. I don't know why my brain came up with that, but it did tell myself a story that I wasn't an emotional eater. Well, through just my own research and thinking and talking to people and exploring emotions and food and what I was doing, I realized, yes, I was an emotional eater. Yeah. the reason why I was an emotional eater was because I was avoiding or resisting processing and feeling my emotions with food. So when I get tired, I get overwhelmed, uh-huh. I get anxious, exhausted. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the best thing to me, some people like to crack open a bottle of wine. Some people like to kick their feet up. I want to do it, but instead of a bottle of wine, I want a bowl of pretzels. I want a bag of chips. I mm-hmm. want a bowl of ice cream. I want some candy. Right. And that's what sounds good to me versus a beverage or something else. We all right. kind of want to like decompress. Right. And I realized through talking to people and research that thinner people, people of healthier weight, people who don't have a weight problem or a struggle with their weight. Right. They allow themselves to eat cake when they're not hungry because they're at a birthday party or they yeah. if they go out for ice cream they may have an ice cream cone or some ice cream even though they're not physically hungry they will still engage in that emotional eating whether they don't 
or they'll sit on the couch and just mindlessly eat a little bit. But they don't focus on that. Uh-huh. What they focus is on everything that 80% around that. Yeah. I realized very quickly, oh my gosh, I can still engage in this if I want to, but I can do it in a way that works for me. So I set up a container and a guideline of if I did want to eat emotionally, how would that look and how mm-hmm. would that work? And I came up with my own rules and that was really, really helpful. When I first started, I said, you can eat whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Doritos, pizza, something yeah. healthy in my mind, something not healthy, but you are not going to sit on the couch and eat in front of the TV. You have mm-hmm. to sit at the table. And then if you want to go watch TV, because you have to be con- you have to learn how to be conscious and intentional when you sit in front of the TV and eat, because I checked out, I would just check out. Right. And then that leads to all of a sudden the bag is empty, right? Yeah. And then you don't feel good. And then mm-hmm. you're mad at yourself. And this was a vicious cycle. Right. So I right. have to do something to break the cycle. Now, looking back on it, I eat and watch TV and I don't have a problem. But I really had to take a step back mm-hmm. and do that hard work first so I could be where I am today, where I can sit on the couch, watch TV with my kids and have a bowl of popcorn or M&M's and it not be a problem and right. still maintain a healthy weight. Yeah. Um, so then, but that had to start with not making it a problem to emotionally eat. And then um, at the time when I was overweight, I was not moving a lot. I had recently got a Fitbit and I was like, I'm only walking 2,000 steps, 3,000 steps a day. Yeah. So it's easy to overestimate that. Yeah. 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 I was like, I thought I was doing at least six, seven, eight, nine. No way. Yeah. So, and it felt very daunting because I was tired at the end of the day. Yeah. I was tired. So I started evaluating my relationship with my body and movement and exercise. And I worked with a really great health coach and she, Elizabeth Sherman, I will always give credit where credit's due. Yeah. She taught me that exercise and movement is not about losing weight and nope. and beating yourself up. It's a form of self-care. Yeah. How you want to take care of yourself is your choice. And so I decided that I was going to figure out how I was going to do that. So I had to adopt that mentality and how I was going to do that. And so I started out by saying, okay, every day, mm-hmm. because the more you do it, the better. Yeah. Um, your non-negotiable is that you are going to move your body intentionally for five to 20 minutes a day. I don't care if you walk, you stretch, you go up and down the stairs. You could literally lunge in place and march in place. You can go right. to the playground with your kids. You can get on a bike. You have so many options. Yeah. But you do not have the option to opt out unless you are physically sick and in bed. Yeah. Well, and I think the best thing that you just said right there was five to 20 minutes, right? You didn't say 60 minutes. You didn't say 30 to 40 minutes. You said five to 20 minutes a day. And that right there is how we start to make it something that is sustainable. Are you going to have days where maybe 20 to 30 is, you know, possible? Yep. But are you also going to have days where five minutes is the only thing you have possible? You betcha. And the examples that you gave of, you know, march in place, do lunges in place are great examples of things that help to keep you consistent, like you said. Yeah. I think our brains talk us out of doing these things. And the things I work with my clients when we're building these wellness plans and programs, we talk a lot about non-negotiables, yep. bare minimum, 
flexible structure, mm-hmm. the things that are going to set us up for succeed. My one of my roles as a health coach, wellness coach and consultant is I want to make it simple and easy to set my clients up for success and help yeah. them set themselves up for success, right. most importantly. So part of my job, because change is hard, yeah. and and I come in to help facilitate change and make it more simple and easy when it is hard. So bare minimums help, non-negotiables, ranges, flexibility, structure, um, using tools like calendars. There's a lot of things you can do to set yourself up to succeed. But you have to be willing to allow that. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to hear the thoughts that tell you you're not going to do it today. You can't do it today. I just don't have it in me. I don't want to do it. Uh-huh. But you have to respond to those thoughts. Yes. You can't just accept them. You can't just accept your thoughts as this is my reality. You have to be able to be curious and interact with those thoughts and question those thoughts and say, well, what if I showed up for five minutes to take care of myself? Yeah through movement today, even though I don't feel like it, honor those thoughts, right. that I have no commitment, that I'm tired, that I'm maybe in an argument with a friend or a spouse, or there's a conflict at work or this stress. Yeah. How do I do that? Because eventually that will help me long term and possibly in the short term. And you have to be willing to work with the resistance, not avoid it and resist it, but work with it, whether it's mind drama, negative self-talk, objections. Uh-huh. Whatever your prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that was deciding what we were going to do ahead of time, really thinking about how we want to act, what we want to think, how we uh-huh. want to feel. We have this ability to do this with our prefrontal cortex, but when we're in the moment, we forget it a lot of time. Yeah. And, it, and that is the same brain that's talking when you get home from work, like you said, and you've skipped breakfast and you skipped lunch and you head straight to the pantry and now you're standing in front of the pantry, right? Instead of yeah. saying, what's the protein option that I can go and grab? You grab the bag of chips because you're stuck in these old habits. And listen, I am the resistance queen. I can hear all the thoughts like in right now while we're having the conversation yeah. of why I wouldn't work out, why I would grab the pretzels versus the protein. I, I hear them yes. in my head. Yeah. Well, you yeah. don't understand. I'm tired. I've got all this going on. We get it. No one's arguing. No one's telling you to feel differently. Yeah. But here's what I will offer. And this really, really helps me just take a deep breath and ground myself and stay consistent is that I can choose to be uncomfortable with my weight and how I'm currently am experiencing myself mm-hmm. or I can be uncomfortable learning how to do something that may feel better in the long term. Mm-hmm that may be better off for me. So your discomfort is going to be there regardless. That's part of the right. Human. Right. You get to decide how you want to be uncomfortable and how yes. you manage yes. moment or moments in your life. Yeah. And that really helps empower me to keep going because um, as a result, I don't think we shared this, but I have lost and maintained over 130 pounds without dieting. 130? Is that 130. Yeah. So you've lost 130 pounds and have maintained without dieting, without meaning I signed up for a program. And listen, I'm not saying when I started, I did track, I I decided I wanted to relearn how to eat like someone who did not have the current relationship with food. So I went back to the basics. 
Yeah. I started out with learning how to eat within a calorie range and I lost some weight doing that. Then I kind of shifted it to macros and really, okay, well, that was a lot, but what do I want to focus on out of my macros? Okay. My protein. Okay. How do I make sure that my plate looks a certain way? Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's how we do it. And so there were very temporary moments where I was tracking food, tracking calories, tracking protein. Because you have to, because you're in that relearning phase, but that doesn't mean that that's, you know, going to be forever. Exactly. But you have to make sure. Now I don't have to think about it. Yeah. But you have to make sure that you're getting enough. It's not just because you're looking to restrict, but you need to make sure that you're getting enough of the things that you need. And in order to do that, you have to track sometimes. And I think I, that's why I responded so well to macronutrients because yep. it's hard to hit a protein. Yeah. It's hard. It's people underestimate how difficult it is to hit your protein. So this whole time I'm looking at calories and looking at other things and point systems like, oh, I can't go over. Yeah. yeah. Here I'm focusing on protein. I'm like, I need more. I need more. Right. I need more. Right. And I was like, whoa, this is a different kind of challenging I've never experienced. Uh-huh. But I responded very well to it. And now, like I said, I don't track anything. I don't right. worry. If, whether I go to an airport, whether I'm traveling, whether I'm in a car, whether I'm in back-to-back meetings, whether I'm sick, yeah. I don't ever have to worry about food and right. what I'm eating. I am. I completely 100% trust myself around. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the foods that are harder for me to trust myself because I get like, especially with sugar, like, yeah, I will eat a couple things. And I'm like, Oh, I want I will immediately want more, right. And it's hard for me to stop. But I know right. that and I have plans in place to stop the continuous cycle. And that's the key. The key is learning how to manage number one, those feelings, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. being able to sit in them and not continue to, you know, Turn to the food, right? Allow yourself to have whatever it is, but then also being able to sit with, wait a minute, what happens next, right? Like, what is my plan after I have the cupcake? Because I'm going to want two, three, four, five, and six, right? But that's not what I'm going to do. That's not my life anymore. So how do I manage that, right? Yeah, for sure. And that has been a lot of experiments. A lot yeah. of trial, and I say correction, not error, because I think anytime you're learning, there's no error. Right. When you're willing to learn something, to be better, to do something more effective, to take care of yourself in different ways, there's never an error when you have that intentionality for yourself. Right. So I always opt in saying instead trial and error, I say trial and correction, because that's all mm-hmm. it is. Try yeah. something, correct. Try something, correct it until it feels good. Yeah. And or it's giving you the results you want. Looking for a fitness program that fits into your busy schedule? Look no further than Strong for Life Light. Our brand new program offers whole workouts every month that you can do from the comfort of your own home. No need to worry about missing classes or juggling gym time with family time. Join Strong for Life Light today and get on track to a healthier you. Now back to this episode of the Fit News Podcast. The thing that really helped me too is I, before I even started this work, before I even ventured to tackle my weight and losing weight and everything that came with it, I gave myself the gift that I would give myself all the time and space 
yeah. to figure it out. So many of us say, by Christmas, I need to lose 20 pounds. By next yeah. year, I need to be a size six. Or in, in, in after, after the New Year's, I'm going to lose my baby weight. Stop. Stop with that nonsense. Right. That is not helpful. It is not useful. It's setting you up to fail ahead. Right. Right. What if today all you gave yourself was one question to ask? If I gave myself enough time and space to figure it out, what, how would I want it to look? How would I want in my mind the end result, even though there's no end result, but like if you had to picture the finish line, if someone said to me, what did 130 pounds lighter look like and feel like to you? What would you be doing? Yeah. Really ask yourself those questions because listen, if you see yourself running, but you can't run today, how do you start running? You either start running or you start walking or you get up more, you start moving more, start yeah. with whatever feels good to you. Yeah. But if start running feels <laughs> overwhelming, yeah, start where you are and do 1% better. Yeah. And keep doing that every day. How can I do 1% better? Could I add an extra rep in? Could I add an extra minute? Could I just jump a little higher? Could right. I move a little bit more? Could I eat an extra serving of veggies before I go to the garlic bread or the pasta? What could I do to set myself up? And at the end of the day, we are the only one who can answer those questions for us. Yeah. I can give you answers. But that doesn't matter. You have to figure it out for yourself. And as a coach and a consultant, I'm there to support people through that process. Right. It, you know, like you said, it's not an overnight process. And I think that's no. where, you know, a lot of people get caught up is that midlife, you look in the mirror, and you're like, oh, geez, I don't look like I did in high school. I got to get this weight off. Well, yep. sweetie, it didn't come on overnight. So it's not coming off overnight. So stop giving up after two weeks. When yeah. things aren't going, you know, and, and that seems that's the vicious cycle that tends to happen is we want these results to happen overnight. But the only thing that's happening overnight is your Amazon Prime delivery. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> we need to For start to be patient and understand that the long term goal is to be healthy the rest of your living days. Right. Mm hmm which mm -hmm. is a long, yeah. could be a long time, right? We don't know. But, it, you know, the idea yeah. is yeah. to be healthy in the long term. So we've got some time. Let's make the most of it. And let's take our time in losing this weight. So that way it is sustainable. Yeah. If someone said to me, I think someone said to me, or I heard someone say, I can't remember. Well, first, my dad always said, it's not a sprint in America. Yep. That's life. Yeah. So you got to pace yourself. You got to be strategic. You got to have rest breaks. Yeah. You got to have evaluations. Mm -hmm. You got to figure it out along the way. Yeah. Marathon. And that's always really resonated with me, especially when I'm working on something in my personal or professional life. Mm -hmm. But I think so too. If someone said to you, okay, you could keep trying to find the quick fix yes. the rest of your life. Or if you, if I said to you in three years, or five years, pick a number that like you wouldn't want it to take that long, but it probably is going to take that long where you feel it in your chest. Like, I don't know if I can wait that long, but really ask yourself, would you give yourself three to five years to figure it out? So you never had to worry about it. again? Yeah. Never in your life. Would you give yourself that time and space? And I said, 
in the in the big scheme of things, God willing, I live to my 70s, 80s, whatever. Right. And I'm turning 40 this year. But when I started this process, I was in my mid 30s, early 30s. Yeah, 100 percent. Right. I would take three to five years to figure it out. So I never had to worry. I never had to be anxious. Am I eating too much? Am I eating the right thing? Right. Oh my gosh, I just overate and I'm never going to lose weight again. Like, mm-hmm. no, I had to figure it out. And a lot of the times, because it takes so long, it brings up a lot of emotion. It brings right. a lot of doubt. It brings up a lot of fears. And if you're not willing to regulate, regulate yourself and manage yourself through that, then it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people know what to eat and usually when to eat and how to eat. We all know that. Right. But what happens when you do the work and you don't get the results on the scale? Yep. When you get them or you get as much of a result. What do you do? And you have to figure out a way to manage all of that. So you keep the head, your head down and pursue the work the next day and the next day and the next day. You don't give up. Are you going to have good days? Meaning that you're aligned with all your values and you feel good about how aligned you are? Yes. Are you going to have days that are not as good? Yes. But you have to be willing to have both. Yeah have to be willing to have both and a lot of times we don't allow ourselves the time and the space to have both right right and that's also you know as a marathoner are we gonna have good miles yep and we keep going and are we gonna have bad miles yep and we keep going because we know that there's a finish line yeah and what do you do when you quit right yeah you give yourself you know Maybe that's the time to honor, like, what needs are not being met? Yeah. What needs are not being met in that moment? And maybe you need to rest. Yeah. You need to walk. Like, if you're, we're talking about the analogy of a marathon. Right. The metaphor. You know, what do you yeah. need in that moment? And be willing to give it to yourself. And it doesn't yeah. have to be that idea of, oh, my gosh, I have to do everything perfectly. Or I have to do everything right. Or I have to check things off my list. Maybe I just have to sit with the discomfort. Yeah. Maybe I have to just have a bad day Mm -hmm. and still show up to take care of myself some way. Yeah. What can I do today to keep me moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. It's like James Clear said in Atomic Habits. He talked about not breaking the link. Yeah. You know, when you create a new habit, you want to do something. That's where bare minimums and kind of non-negotiable is that, even if you're not doing the whole, like, let's say I'm yes. going to eat a salad and protein. I'm going to eat a vegetable and protein every night for dinner. And we go to a tailgate and there's, I'm assuming there's going to be salad and chicken wings and it's all gone and all that's left is pizza. Yeah. And I thought I put a protein bar in my bag. It's not there. And there's literally chips and pizza. What do I do in that moment? How do I take care of myself in that moment? And it might mean eating the chips and pizza. It might not mean yeah. eating the chips and pizza. I don't know. But the point is going through the process to figure out what is the best choice for you. And I will tell you, there were moments I ate the pizza and chips, but I made peace with it. So I wouldn't overeat it. Right. So I wouldn't start a binge cycle. So I would say, right. okay, could I eat two pieces of pizza and a handful of chips? And then as soon as I get home, eat something like uh, like a chicken quesadilla or a salad or Mm -hmm. a piece of fruit or some yogurt. Like what could I do 
So I didn't completely break the link and then eat pretzels and M&Ms and all this snacky, right. really processed food that I personally don't thrive right. and is not in my long-term health and wellness plan to eat 80% that way. That's my 20%, the right. snacks, the trees, the right. processed food. But if I find that that was already taken up for the day, how do I implement the 80% back mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what else could I do? Maybe it's continue to hydrate. Maybe it's have, you know, water instead of, you know, some other drink at the, at the tailgate, you know, what, what are some other things that I can kind of shift my focus while still maintaining my good habits? We are always so concerned about our relationship with other people, but yeah, so many of us do not understand how to have a healthy and rewarding relationship. With ourselves. And sometimes that means just asking yourself questions and answers. Yeah. Like, what do I do? How do I do this? So I feel good. And just stop for a minute. Just stop and stop worrying about what other people think and how you may look and, and doing it wrong or doing it right. And just in the moment, find your best answer and trust yourself to go with it. Yeah. What if I found this answer? I like it and I'm going to trust myself to just eat the pizza and the chips and then go on to the next or choose the water. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know what? I can hold out another hour or two. Or maybe there's a gas station down the road and I can go grab an apple and a mm-hmm protein bar or there's a subway whatever it may be right and I think there's no wrong or right answer as long as you honor some process Mm -hmm. to honor yourself right and don't give up like and don't just throw in the towel well I had the chips and the pizza so when I get home my uh, whole day is shot get it the whole day is shot and just continue down you know the path of um you know destruction yeah yeah, you can always stop at any point. You don't have to keep going because it didn't look the way you thought it should. Right. It's okay to start over. Like at, it's okay the to next reset meal. at any right. time. Right. And sometimes it takes longer than we hope. But if you feel like you need to reset, hit that button. Don't even question it. Just hit right. it and find a way to hit it. Yeah. Honor that. Don't don't allow your brain to tell you you know, well, you've done, you've gone this far and messing up. So what's the point? That, no, the that, point that's is just I matter. A, uh-huh. It's the, what's the point, right? What's the point now? I've already, I've, I've come this far. What's the point, right? And you know what I would urge you to, when my clients say that, I said, what is the point? I make them answer it. I yeah. said, we, we have another 45 minutes left in our session. We can sit here all day till you figure it out. Yeah. But what's really going to help you is asking yourself and answering Mm-hmm. And verbalizing what is the point of resetting whatever that may be and they have to come up with the answer for themselves for me it's because I'm in charge of my experience I'm not in charge of my circumstances necessarily but I'm in charge of my how I interact with my thoughts mm-hmm. how I regulate myself how I manage my feelings how I behave and the decisions mm-hmm. I make and it's all a mesh it's all intertwined right for us to take control of it and manage it and take authority over it, it requires us to pause. Yeah. Stop and do the work. And if we are constantly busy, busy, go, 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 everybody else, other people's needs, you are going to live a life and it's going to, and you're going to wake up one day and be like, what happened? Why did I never take care of myself? All of a sudden I go to the doctors and I have a, a chronic illness. Yeah. That's hard to manage. That's hard to treat. I'm I'm no longer pre-diabetic. I'm in full-blown diabetes. How do I manage that? Yeah. 
And if you think you didn't have time to take care of your health, then. Yeah. So start now because you do matter. Yeah. The way you feel matters in your body, in your emotions, all the sensations, how you think it all matters. Yeah. It all matters. We could talk for days. We could. We really could. (laughs) I know. Oh, wow. Well, Erin, I love all that you have shared. You have shared so many good things. Uh, If my audience wants to find you and wants more information, where could they find you and all this information? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with me would probably be to visit my website at www.thegrowwellcoach.com or you can email me at hello at at thegrowwellcoach.com and I'm sure this will all be in the show notes. Um, I've been taking a little hiatus for from social media for my mental health and wellness. There's yes. a lot of things going on that are just trying to yeah. take care of myself and honor my needs. Yes. So I'm limiting my time on social media, but I am on LinkedIn at Aaron Tennant. And I'm um, on Facebook and Instagram at Grow Well Coaching. And okay. if you shoot me a DM and have questions, concerns, just want to say hi, interested in working together, mm-hmm. um, just want to keep me in your circle, your networking circle, come say hi. I will. I do check it. And I would love to meet you and talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is my jam. This is my life work. Yeah. You know, I've, I've done the thing that I never thought I could do. I could do, let alone help people. Yeah. Facilitate the change for themselves. Right. And so if this speaks to you, if you're interested, any of it resonates with you, I'd just love to talk. No pressure yeah. to work together. I just right. love talking about right. health and wellness. So yeah. anything that pops up for you, and if this is, speaks to you, come say hello. Well, thank you, Erin. We appreciate your time today. Appreciate yours as well. Thank you so much. And the listeners, thank you so much. Well, thank you for listening to the Fit News Podcast, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fit News Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Shaver, and I'm on a continuing mission to help you stay strong, healthy, and happy. A special thank you to our producer, Noah Martin, and Retrospection Multimedia. Tune in to the Fit News Podcast every Monday to get your tips for living your best midlife. These episodes are live streamed weekly in our Facebook group. Be sure to comment, like, and subscribe to Fit News Podcast for your weekly health advice. To join the Facebook group, visit strongforlifefitness.com.